Hello friends, Sagan here. Welcome back to Indie Author Weekly, where I share my behind-the-scenes journey of writing and self-publishing books. If you are new to this podcast, I am a productivity strategist for multi-passionate creatives at saganmorrow.com. I help people manage their time and energy effectively through customized, actionable strategies that work for your unique life and business. When I'm not teaching about productivity to solopreneurs or doing freelance writing projects for clients, I spend my time writing romance novels and occasionally business books. And that is what this podcast is all about, the adventures of the author life. Now let's get into this episode of the Indie Author Weekly podcast. Today is a follow-up to our previous episode, episode 50, where I shared my background about being polyamorous. So today I want to share with you a lot more details about the novels that I write, my polyamorous passions romantic comedy series. Okay, so here are a few of the questions that I get a lot about this series, and so I just want to break it down for you. Question number one, what is the Polyamorous Passions series? The short elevator pitch is this. Three best friends each embark on their own journeys into ethical non-monogamy and experience the benefits and the obstacles of alternative lifestyles through the lens of romantic comedies. And here's the longer explanation about these novellas. Polyamorous Passions is a series of nine books that follows the lives of three best friends as they each embark on their own journeys into consensual non-monogamy. Books one to three focus on Emma, books four to six focus on Helen, and books seven to nine will focus on Scarlet. Book seven is slated for publication in summer 2020. This contemporary new adult series is suitable for anyone interested in real-life polyamory and open relationships, positive female friendships, alternatives to monogamy and monogamous relationships, and explorations of sexuality. Each story can be enjoyed as a standalone, but readers often say that they get the most from it by reading all the books within the series. Polyamorous Passions uncovers some of the struggles and benefits of ethical non-monogamy and illustrates what polyamorous relationships can look like in real life. These novellas aim to reduce stigma and provide new perspectives around different types of relationships while entertaining the reader through fictional stories. As far as the storyline goes, Polyamorous Passions follows Emma, who is an easygoing recruitment manager who has no issue dating multiple men simultaneously, even if they do. Helen, an ambitious career woman in a 10-year relationship with her soon-to-be husband, who falls head over heels for her wedding photographer. And Scarlet, a burlesque dancer with a long-standing, unrequited crush and whose only hope to save her failing business is an irritating Humphrey Bogart-esque dance partner who she is forced to work with. And the stories really follow them as they navigate the next phase of their lives in the transitionary period of their late 20s to early 30s. So in some sense, it's a sort of coming of age story, um, which is where the new adult kind of genre comes into play. 
And really, in the vein of TV shows like Sex and the City and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Polyamorous Passions uses humor and everyday conversations to share relatable, real-life issues and complex life experiences in a compelling and entertaining format. So far, books one to six have been written and published, and I am currently in the process of writing book seven, which is the first novella in Scarlet's trilogy. You can get your copies of the first six books in the series at saganmorrow.com books, or you can just search Polyamorous Passions on Amazon or Kobo or Barnes & Noble or, you know, any of your favorite ebookstore platforms. Question number two, why did you decide to write the Polyamorous Passions series? I shared more about this in episode 50 of our Indie Author Weekly podcast, but in essence, it's because I didn't see enough representation of polyamory in the media and in our entertainment mediums. I wanted to see me in the books that I read. I was frustrated because I couldn't find the kind of books that I wanted to read, and I wanted to help change readers' perspectives on conventional relationships. And I wanted to help readers learn more about themselves along the way. Besides that, I have always loved creative writing, but I, had, I haven't ever taken my stories to the next level to publish them until this series. So really, the idea of these stories was something that I had enough passion for and excitement about and commitment to see through to writing and then editing and then actually publishing them. Sometimes you just know that your voice needs to be heard. And this was really the first time that I had done some creative writing and just realized, yes, this 100% needs to be made available for more people. Other people need to be able to read these books. I just felt so strongly about it. So that was really a great driving force for me to stay motivated and go through that whole writing and editing and publishing um, sequence. Question number three, why write these stories as books? So fun fact, I actually started outlining the plot of a TV show about polyamory before writing the Polyamorous Passions novellas. And I really loved it. I really enjoyed um, the idea of writing a screenplay. I personally think that one of my greatest strengths as an author is that I write very realistic dialogue. I'm curious to know, you know, as what what my readers would have to say about that, if that would if most people would agree with me or not. I'm kind of curious about that. Um, but, you know, dialogue is just it's a big part of my novellas. It's just my writing style. I don't really do a ton of description. It's just mostly dialogue. So, at First, it made a lot of sense to have this idea of the TV show. But then I thought, hmm, it could take years to make progress with this and finally be able to see this story on the screen. And the thing was that I really, really wanted to get my message about polyamory out there as soon as possible. So this is also why I decided to write my novellas as a self-published indie author rather than trying to find a book agent and get the stories traditionally published. 
I really wanted to share my message immediately. And so the fastest, easiest way to do that was by writing these stories as novellas and then publishing them myself. Question number four. Why did you choose this format of contemporary romantic comedy to tell the stories? Here's the thing. Ethical non-monogamy does not have to be super dramatic or really intense. It can actually be a lot of fun. It can be a really fun experience. Having a polyamory background and also being a multi-passionate creative in my business kind of means that I don't really believe in zero-sum games. I believe that we can eat our cake and have it too in all aspects of life and business. I believe that education and entertainment are not mutually exclusive. So I really loved the idea of writing these stories in a fluffy sort of format with a very lighthearted and accessible lens of the romantic comedy. Too often, polyamory is only portrayed through a darker or more dramatic lens in the media and in our entertainment systems, but my real-life experience with it has been very sweet and loving and supportive and encouraging, and it's really important to me that other people understand that they can have that too. Basically, I think that we can live our lives like romantic comedies if we want to. We can have fun and we can focus on the joy and the fulfillment side of things rather than cultivating drama. Also, polyamory is often portrayed in the fantasy genre, so writing these stories as contemporary novels set in Canada was very important to me. Plus, I love, love, love romantic comedies. I adore reading chiclet. I love watching romantic comedies on the screen. Um, and like, it's just, uh, it's just one of my favorite genres ever, ever. So I really love the idea of taking typical tropes and flipping the script on some of them. And then also using some of the conventional aspects of these genres to really create stories that are interesting and fun to read. So really playing with the genre has been, um, has just been a lot of fun for me. And I have been told that, that my books read like chick flick in book form. people have said that kind of thing so you know they are I would say that they definitely have um, a lot of sort of chiclet uh, a very chiclet and romantic comedy sort of feel to them now the last thing that I want to note regarding the genre of polyamorous passions is that I use realism romance in my storytelling much of what what happens to my characters really isn't too big of a stretch for the imagination in terms of how their lives and and experiences and interactions play out. This is done purposefully to again show polyamory in a very realistic light. Um, I I do, you know, take polyamory seriously. It is my lifestyle. It is my identity. Um, But just because we take something seriously doesn't mean that we can't have fun with it. And there's a lot of different ways that we can have both that realistic sort of um, format, as well as having the joy, the lighthearted sort of side to it. So again, these two things are not mutually exclusive. We can really have fun with it while also taking it seriously. Question number five, why novellas instead of longer novels? I write, I think, in a very no-nonsense kind of way, 
which fits well for the novella format. My writing is simple. It's, it's easy to, comp- to comprehend. It's very much, you know, straight to the point. Um, I don't really, I don't draw things out. Um, I like, I like sort of telling things as, as it is. And frankly, novellas are less daunting than a full-length novel. I knew I could commit to writing and publishing novellas, and I knew that I could do it quickly. So for all of these reasons, it just made a lot of sense to write shorter stories, right? To write novellas rather than full-length novels. Now, this is not to say that I'm never going to write and publish full-length novels. Far from it. But I do find that when you are starting out as a writer, sometimes writing a series of novellas can be more accessible than trying to tackle a full-length novel. It's less daunting. It's just it's a little bit easier to do for your first um, for your first book. So, in that sense, I, I I recommend that you maybe give that a try. If writing a full-length novel just feels too much for you, then maybe this is a better way for you to go. And if you're curious about hearing more about this, about, you know, why I wanted to write novellas instead of full-length novels and whether or not that might be a good fit for you, um, I do go into more detail about that here on the Indie Author Weekly Podcast in episode 33. Question number six, where did the idea for the Polyamorous Passion series come from? I wish I had a concrete answer for this, but the truth is I get inspiration from everywhere. (laughs) People who know me in real life tell me that they can recognize bits of me in in my characters. Um, Or, you know, they'll ask if a particular coffee shop is based, um, or if, if the Aces and Spades coffee shop in Polyamorous Passions, if it's based on my real life favorite coffee shop, which it is. Um, and, you know, I get, I get a lot of questions like these or, or little comments. So I certainly think that everyday life, little things here and there have helped to craft various aspects of the stories. Ever since I was little, I've always made up stories in my head or I've, you know, had little fantasies about, oh, if X happened instead of Y, what would come from that? Or I would think, oh, you know, this event is coming up next week. I wonder if this is going to happen or if that person is going to be there. And in that case, what will happen, you know, if X, Y, Z? So I'm constantly having fun imagining this or that in my everyday life, which then provides very realistic um, and interesting scenarios for my books because I can take those sort of little uh, you know, flights of fanti- the fantasy, those little uh, imagination type of things that happen basically every day for me, and I can just sort of incorporate that into my book and sort of um, adapt it, right? But I also assume that everyone does this. Is that true? Does this happen for you? I, I don't know. I, I've just always assumed that everyone, that this is the way everyone's brains work. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Um, but, you know, really, as a result of, I guess, this kind of thing, that's just how this I- this idea for the series just came to me. That's basically just how my brain works. There's always, there's always more ideas and inspiration and imagination coming from my brain. <laughs> I guess I live in the clouds a lot. I live in, in my imagination a lot. So it just, it it came very organically in that sense. And 
It's interesting too, you know, polyamorous passions is kind of meta because even in my novels, I couldn't have just one main character, right? I wanted to have more than one. So that's part of why I have three main characters in Emma, Helen, and Scarlet instead of choosing just one of them as the driving force. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to have the three different plots and different character arcs that are all connected together throughout the series. Question number seven. These books are different than any other stories I have ever seen. (laughs) Okay, so this is a statement rather than a question, but it's something that a lot of readers tell me. I'll take it as a compliment. And I think it's true. You know, Polyamorous Passions is rather unique for a few reasons. First, it follows three main characters rather than one. This is becoming a little more common nowadays, but even a couple of years ago when I started writing my series, that just wasn't really something you saw a lot. Something that I like about having a few main characters is that it presents an opportunity to showcase polyamory and relationships and sexuality and lifestyle choices and identity in different ways. Helen opens up a long-term relationship, Um, And she's also more sexually conservative, whereas we discover in books seven to nine that Scarlet is much more sexually adventurous and she's into the kink scene, for example. So there's just like these these very different sorts of um, sorts of experiences and interests. And these three main characters all have different kinds of careers and long term goals for their personal lives. Um, some of them have better relationships with their families than others. Um, they all, they're they all very different. And I wanted to show that no matter who you are and no matter what you want from your life and no matter what your background is, all of it is valid. The important thing is to live life the way you want. And This way, you know, I also really want to be able to show that polyamory can be for anyone. You don't have to be a certain kind of person um, to be able to be polyamorous. You don't have to have a certain kind of relationship or, you know, like you don't have to be in a long-term relationship versus um, you can be a single person. You can, you know, have multiple um, more casually kind of dating sort of situations. You can have all kinds of different backgrounds and everything and and personal life goals and business goals and all of these things, polyamory can be really for anyone. It's not for any, you know, tiny little segment of the population. The second thing that sets polyamorous passions apart is that it features V-style relationships rather than thruples for ethical non-monogamy. Overwhelmingly, when I am talking about polyamory in real life, The people that I have conversations with tell me that they are interested in a relationship outside of their primary partner, but they they don't want it to all be like threesomes and that kind of thing. What they want is separate relationships with different people. I, you know, at the time of recording this, I was just having another conversation about this last night with a couple of people. Um, And this is something that I see again and again, you know. Uh, And really, it's interesting because the vast majority of polyamorous relationships in novels and in movies, they often feature throuples rather than having one person dating multiple people separately, which is that whole concept of the V-style relationship. So I find this very interesting that 
my real life experiences of talking to people, of hearing about what they want from polyamory, the vast majority want the V style. But overwhelmingly, that is not what we see in the news or in in entertainment. So I, it was very important to me to show the V style as the main type of polyamory featured in my books. Um, and the other thing too, you know, is that I want to see, as I, as I mentioned before, um, I wanted to write the books, the kind of books that I want to read. And I myself, as a general rule, am more interested in the V style relationships. So I wanted to incorporate that because I saw that this was really missing from a lot of books. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to write this now. (laughs) The third thing that really sets polyamorous passions apart is that the series is really about the relationships between people and the relationships that people have with themselves more than anything else. It is about love in all its forms. It's about accepting and embracing who we are and how our loved ones identify. It's about romantic relationships and platonic relationships and self-love, all of these different pieces. And that is just, you know, I think that we, our friendships that we have in our lives and our relationships with our family and all of, and our relationships with our coworkers, all of these different things um, have a huge impact on our lives. And there are so many different ways that we can love people and that we can love ourselves And I wanted to be able to showcase that with the stories that I write. And as I mentioned, I really like playing with conventional romance tropes and flipping the script on some of it. So Polyamorous Passions, the series that, you know, they are romance novels. They are romantic comedies. They are chick lit, essentially. But they're also just a little bit different from your typical romantic comedy. And perhaps when you are reading the stories, you'll have a different take on it. I would be so curious to know your thoughts on it. Um, And I'd be curious to know, you know, whether Polyamorous Passions resonates with you, if there's any particular book in the series or characters in the series that you connect with more deeply than others. Um, I would be really curious about this. So again, please feel free to reach out and let me know your thoughts. And if you are interested in reading my books, but you haven't yet, then you can grab copies of them at your favorite ebook store by searching Polyamorous Passions, or you can just visit saganmorrow.com books. All of my books that I've written um, and published are available there and more will be added um, as I continue to write and publish more in the coming months. And also just, you know, thank you so much for buying and reading my books. Book sales can be challenging as an indie author. You know, every sale that we make means so much. Um, your support just, uh, it, it really truly means the world. Um, and I love seeing pictures of you reading my books. So when you're reading them, definitely snap a photo and tag me at Sagan Lives on Twitter or Instagram. Um, when you do that, it literally makes me do a happy dance. So thank you for doing that. (laughs) Okay, I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. 
Now, again, I would love to hear your thoughts on all of this. Um, Do you have any other questions about my books that I haven't answered in this episode? And how do you like this type of episode where I share more about my books themselves rather than solely about my writing process? I'm curious to know if this is something that you want to see more about on the podcast or if you prefer the episodes where I'm talking much more about my book writing processes and so on. Let me know what you think. Your your input is really helpful for me in planning future episodes. So feel free to connect with me at Sagan Lives on Twitter and Instagram to chat about it. Um, and you can send me a message on either of those platforms if you have requests for any kind of future episode topics too. The more that you tell me what you want to see more of on this podcast, the better that I can accommodate that. And if you want to do it anonymously, you can submit your questions or topic ideas to saganmorrow.com question. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just two minutes to share this podcast on social media and rate it on Apple Podcasts. Anytime you share it or leave a rating or a review, it helps more listeners find the Indie Author Weekly podcast, so every bit really counts. I truly appreciate your support. As with all the episodes here on Indie Author Weekly, you can access complete episode transcripts, sample chapters of my books, and a few other bonuses and goodies on the secret version of this podcast at saganmorrow.com slash secret podcast. So hop over there to check it out. Thank you so much for tuning into the Indie Author Weekly podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.